<laughs> Good to see you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with me. Here we are for DBS, Doodle Bible School, and you're with me, and I'm with you, and look at us. <laughs> We're together. Thank you for being here this morning, or this afternoon. Depends on when you're watching this, I suppose. <laughs> Generally, Genesis is the topic, and we have been moving quickly through it. We're into chapter 40 today. So uh, buckle up, because here we go. All right. Segment number one, as most of you know, it is going to require a doodle later and a doodle doo doo. So I've got my doodle later and I got my doodle doo doo. So I hope that you have one, two, 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 two. <laughs> Feeling a little silly this morning. All right, upon the doodle later, we will use the doodle doo to draw things that have to do with Genesis, specifically Genesis chapter 40. Now, if you remember last time, Genesis chapter 39, we used the bars in the prison cell to make the three and the nine. Well, we're going to stay similar to that today. So hang in there. Here we go. All right, <clears throat> for those of you who need a little bit of review, here we go. There's 36, 37, 38, 39 last week. And look at there. I told you. Did I not tell you? I told you. We're going to use the prison bars again to help us remember. So here's something you can stick in the old gourd here. Both of the chapters that deal with Joseph being in prison use the prison bars to remind you of the number. Okay? So you see 39? All right. Well, here's 40. Let's see if we can do that. Draw you a square here. Okay, that'll be our prison. Okay, put a... I think you need... I don't know how many you need. Do you, know, do you remember? I think we need more than that, don't we? Because... Let's see, 40? I don't know. That that might work. Let's just go with that. All right, let's see. Yeah, that works pretty good. All right, and you got to go across here, don't you? There you go. There's the prison bars. Okay. And then this, of course, is going to be our 40. Okay, you, you color in this, and this, and this. Oh, you know what I forgot? <laughs> I forgot the O, the zero, okay? So I'll tell you what we're going to do here. We're going to erase the four because I already showed you how to do that, all right? And now I'm going to have to do the other thing. And what Gabriel did on his picture, which he's all fancy and everything. Of course, I'm not very fancy, but, you know, just draw you a circle. And you might notice that his circle is made up of Z's because we're going to have dreams, okay? But inside his circle, he's got this loaf of bread, okay? He's got the loaf of bread, and then he's got this chalice. Let's see if I can do this here, okay? And that's not half bad. Anyhow, so there's your 40, okay? I think I could do... Over here, maybe we could, we'll just get part of the bars, okay? So we're only getting part of it here. Part of the prison is going to be showing up over here on this side. See, what I see? see how I did that? <laughs> so again, and I forgot last time, here's my little tray. Look, we I, I, that whole tray has been sitting there the whole time because it's supposed to be there for this very purpose. <laughs> Anyhow, so... Chapter 40 is Joseph's still in prison, and he's going to interpret some Z's, some dreams that had to do with bread and had to do with wine. So chapter 39, remember, use the prison bars to make the three and the nine. Chapter 40, use the prison bars to make the four, and then the Z's, because it's a dream, to kind of surround 
the bread and the wine, and that's the dream that these two guys are going to have in chapter 40. And that's the way you remember chapters 39 and chapter 40. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I do. I know you're saying to yourself, that's brilliant. And I'm thinking to myself, it's brilliant. You're saying it. I'm thinking it. It must be brilliant. All right. How are we going to remember this uh, for the test that's upcoming? Well, one of the ways is we drill you throughout the process. And here is the test preparation. And so after you learn this, you're trying to review segment number one, remember these two questions. I'm going to ask you, what is the theme of Genesis chapter 40? And by the way, I don't even know that we said that, did we? Let's go back and look. Did I even tell you what the theme was? Yeah, right here it is. Joseph interprets dreams of a butler and a baker. The butler is somebody who serves wine to the king. A baker is obviously the dude who cooks bread and that kind of thing for the king. So that's what's going to happen in chapter 40. Joseph is going to interpret some dreams for a butler. A, the butler is going to have a dream and the baker is going to have a dream. All right. All right. I think we already did this next one. Let's just see what happens there. Look at here. There it is. See? See that right there? You've already seen that because we reviewed. I don't need to talk about that because we're done did we all okay let's be silly oh we got to move our, our little thing here because it's going to end the way okay so there you go got my little dude with his tongue hanging out i don't know why he doesn't ever close his mouth but he's he's a cute dude what do you call an elephant that doesn't matter i think i've used this joke before in the past but i really like this one what do you call an elephant that doesn't matter well you would call him irrelevant now, for little guys like him, irrelevant means that you don't matter, or it doesn't matter. So if it's an elephant that doesn't matter, the elephant is irrelevant. <laughs> and I can just see, Cindy, I forgot to put a P. Uh, that's supposed to be an H right there. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. We're going to have to correct that, guys, because Cindy will have an absolute fit. That's my wife, and she does not like it when I do things of that nature. So we'll go like this, because... She could proof these for me, you see. She could. And I just get lazy and I don't let her do that. <laughs> Look at that. See, that's E-L-E-P-H-A-N-T. Right now what you got on the screen is irrelevant. <laughs> that's not even a funny thing, except I'm laughing about it. It's an irrelevant because the elephant was irrelevant. <laughs> and I misspelled it, making me... Irrelevant. Sorry, Cindy. She proofs my stuff when I let her, but I forgot to let her. <laughs> what do you do? All right, moving on. <coughs> Segment number two. We take a memory and we stick it right there. Right there. And we try to say, hey, man, don't forget. So stick it right up in there, you know, so you don't forget. That's what we're doing. We're just making a memory right now. So if we make a memory, we're going to memory this stuff here. Let me just come over here so I'm not in the way. And one night, and one night, and one night, and one night, and one night. See there, I said it five times. Therefore, I have it stuck in my gourd. That would be my brain. And one night. That's the first line. And now you've only got like 35 more lines to memorize. <laughs> That's not that many. Really, how many are there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's only nine lines. And one night. So you say it five times, and then it sticks right there in your old head, you see? And then, of course, if you can't do that, you can do this. You can take the passage and then eliminate key words 
Write it on sticky notes, put it all over the house every time you pass it. You got to say the whole verse and you got to fill in the blanks. And one night. Oh, we didn't have a. Well, there you go. See how I did that? I know. I know. You guys are thinking that guy is so smart. But, well, no, I'm really not. <laughs> but it's okay if you want to think I am. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, so back over here. If you want to test yourself upon segment number two, You'd ask yourself these questions as I hang from the ceiling over here. What two servants of the king were put into prison? Now, you ought to remember that because that's part of the theme of this particular chapter. Two guys are going to get stuck in prison with Joseph. One's a butler. One's a baker. <laughs> I told Cindy last night, I said, the butler, the baker, and the candlestick maker. <laughs> but there's no candlestick maker. And I think the rhyme actually is butcher and baker and candlestick maker. I'm not sure, because I didn't look it up. But for the point of what we're talking about, it's not a butcher. It's a baker. A baker, a butler, and a baker. Butler and a baker. A butler's the guy who serves the wine. Baker's the guy who makes the bread. Those are the two dudes. Can you quote the memory verse? I don't know. I can't. But maybe you can. But boy, you're sharp. Nine lines, and you already got it? Woo! Fist pump. Fist pump? Or is it fist bump? I don't know, but I pump the bump. <laughs> Let's move on and be silly. Not that we haven't already done a little of that. Love my <clears throat> rather rounded friend. He's got, I think he eats too much. Kind of like Sonny, but that's okay. And he says, oh boy, oh boy, another silly, another silly. He loves these sillies. See, he's just running right to us. So here you go. You ready, Fido? All right, here we go. What is it called when a T-Rex hits a home run. Now, you know what a T-Rex is. That's one of my favorite dinosaurs. In fact, my little seven-year-old grandson, Judah, asked me that the other day. Papa, what's your favorite dinosaur? And you know what I said? T-Rex. I love T-Rex. Anyhow, so T-Rex, he hits him a home run. What do you call it? Well, you call it a dinosaur. <laughs> the dinosaur had a dinosaur. Get it? I thought that was pretty cute. And you can tell he loves it. See that smile? I'm t I think it's probably getting bigger by the moment. He's just coming right in here. He just can't. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, dear. All right, segment number three. <clears throat> ponder a passage as we sit by the pond and we say, hum. We're going to ponder a passage. That means we're going to look at chapter 40 and we're going to say to ourselves, what in the world? Why do we even need to understand chapter 40? Why are we studying chapter 40? I'm fixing to tell you. Here it is. All right. As you ponder the passage, here's the passage. So the chief cupbearer, that's the butler. The chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph, and Joseph said to him, in my dream, uh, no, that's not right. He told his dream to Joseph and said to him, the butler is telling his dream, okay? And he's going to say to Joseph, he's going to say, here's what happened in my dream. In my dream, there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were ten, or there were not ten, three. That's very important because that's one of your things. Three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossom shot forth and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes and I pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation. The three branches are three days. That's a question. Three branches in his dreams, in his dream, represents three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. 
Only when that happens, Joseph says, will you please remember me when it is well with you? That's another question. What does the butler say? Or what does Joseph say to the butler? Ask him to do for him. Don't forget me. When you get back here to Pharaoh, tell Pharaoh I'm down here and I'm an innocent guy and I don't know why I'm in prison. Number 16. When the chief baker saw the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, so the butler got a good report on his dream and so the baker's thinking, well, I'm going to get a good report on mine too. Let's go with my interpretation. So the baker, and that's the guy who bakes the bread, he says to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cakes, there were three cake baskets on my head. So he's carrying the baskets of bread on his head. And in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. So the birds are eating the bread. Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation, the three baskets are three days. So just like the three branches up here represented three days, the three baskets down here represent three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree. And the birds will eat the flesh from you. In other words, he's going to die. He's going to be executed. The baker's going to be executed because he, it says up here, that he did a bad thing. All right, and so there you go. There's my buddy. Dennis, 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 all the way from Kenya. Thank you, Dennis. I love you, man, for being with me this morning. So there's your question. There's the the, uh, the line, the things that are underlined. I can't get it out of my head. The things that are underlined, those are going to be the questions. Now you watch it, because here it's going to come. You're, there it is. So for test prep segment number three, there's your questions. What do the three vine branches represent? Remember? What did Joseph ask the cupbearer to do for him when he got out of jail? Remember? <laughs> that was kind of a... If you know the answer, you know what I did just there. What convinced the baker to reveal his dream? And what happened to the, bre to the bread that was on top of the dude's head? And what do the three baskets represent? I'll give you a hint. The three baskets represent the same thing that the three branches represent. So it's kind of like you have a question twice. You guys ought to be able to just like knock this one out of the park, you know? Hey, did I ever ask you, what do you call it when a T-Rex knocks the ball right out of the park? It's a dino score. <laughs> I get it. Oh, we already had that, didn't we? <laughs> Moving on. All right. Here's another silly for you. Who wears shoes when they go to bed? I got to be honest with you. I wear shoes everywhere I go. My wife doesn't wear shoes anywhere she goes. Well, that's not true. She will wear shoes when she goes certain places, but... She loves to run around. She got cute little feet, and she just runs around all the place. And so I'm good with that, but not me. I got ugly feet, and I'm not showing them to the world, so I've always got my shoes on. But I try not to wear my shoes to bed. <laughs> and how about you? Cindy doesn't care for that. You know what I'm saying? But there is somebody who wears his shoes to bed. Can you tell me who it is? You're probably already ahead of this. Who wears their shoes to bed? Obviously, it's a horse. <laughs> I just had the privilege this past week of going and visiting with one of Cindy's cousins. And they own a horse farm. And they train horses. It's just an amazing thing. I got to actually get up next to one and pet a little colt. It was really, really cool. But you know one of the things I discovered? When they go to bed, they don't take their shoes off. <laughs> oh, dear. <clears throat> All right, segment number four. This is where we apply the why. Doing, 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 doing. This is where we say to ourselves, okay, we know what happened in chapter 40. Joseph is going to interpret the dreams of the butler, the 
cupbearer, the guy who serves wine to Pharaoh, and the baker, the guy who bakes bread for Pharaoh, he's going to interpret their dreams. But what does that mean to me? I'm fixing to tell you. There are a lot of applications from this particular text, but I found this one to be especially interesting. Joseph is going to say to the first guy, he's going to say to the, the, the butler, he said, listen, when you get free, make sure you remember me. Why didn't he say the same thing to the baker? Because <laughs> the baker's not going to get set free. He's going to die. And so he says it to the butler. He said, look, when you get free, don't forget me. I'm down here in jail. I'm an innocent fellow. And uh, so he says, remember me. My question for you is, do you ever have some ever have somebody who forgot you? Or at least it seems like they forgot you. How did that make you feel? I've had that in my life. I've had close friends who I thought were really close friends. And it's like, where are they? You know, it seems like they're, I'm forgotten. And it kind of hurts your feelings, doesn't it? You think that is the way Joseph felt? I mean, he did a really nice thing for the, the for the butler, didn't he? he? The butler, he took time for the butler. He cared for the butler. The butler had a problem. The butler was concerned. The butler told him that his dream and Joseph interprets the dream. You know, it seems like that the butler should have thought a little bit about Joseph, but he doesn't. He forgets about old Joseph. And so Joseph has to stay in jail. My question for you today that you're going to have to write a little short paragraph on is, why is it important to remember people who have little freedom? Little freedom. Uh, I've got some friends. In fact, my buddy Dennis can tell us stories, I'm sure. And and I got another fella who's a good friend of mine. Dennis is in Kenya and a good friend of mine named Bisathu who is in Uganda. And Bisathu certainly can tell us uh, tell us stories about folks who've been captured, carried away from their families, etc. We need to be praying for these people. Individuals who have lost their freedoms, people who are imprisoned or <clears throat> taken captive, kidnapped, whatever. We need to be praying. Do you pray for them? My question, though, for you is why is it important for us to remember them? So, as we test over segment number four, here's the question. Why is it important to remember people who have little freedom? In fact, moms and dads, you might even ask the young people to write a list of folks that they know of, or people who maybe they don't know their names particularly, but situations like I just told you about Uganda and my good friend Bisathu and things that happen over there. He's forever having to help and to deal with individuals who are taken captive. Well, why should we remember those kind of people? And what should we do in response to that? Obviously, we need to pray. So that's one thing. Why is it important to remember people who have lost their freedom? All right, one last silly. Here's my hairball friend in the other side of the blinds there. Good morning. Good to see you there, buddy. What do you call a horse next door? Now, it seems that we in the last couple jokes have been emphasizing the horses. I don't want horses to be offended. I hope that horses are not going to write in hate mail and tell me that I'm a bad person because I've been making funnies about them. I like horses. I think horses are wonderful. These are just jokes. Don't take them personally. <laughs> what do you call the horse next door. Well, you call him your neighbor. <laughs> you gotta admit, that's pretty good. Your neighbor. When I was there at uh, Cindy's Cousins a couple days ago, and we were standing in the barn, and a couple of the horses did that, and they can be really kind of loud, and it kind of startles you. Hey! You know, and it kind of, So, what do you do? What do you call a horse that's next door? 
If I had horses living next door and I do not, I have my parents living next door. <laughs> and they're not horses. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, uh, neighbor. That's what you would call a horse that lives next door. Your neighbor. Segment number five. You're going to love this girl here. She's got such a positive attitude in life. <laughs> she doesn't, does she? She looks like, oh, well, she actually says it up here, oh, joy. It's time to test, my friends. And as we come to this most sober moment, a time when you and I must reflect deep within our memories and ask ourselves, do we even know anything at all to put down on a piece of paper? I would like to suggest to you that you do. You are an individual with a lot of brains right up there, and you've got a brain up there that's got a lot of stuff stuck in it. And if we can just get that stuff that's stuck in it out there on the paper, we can do really good on this here test, and so let's just get right after her. I'm going to give you the questions right up front. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get the questions so you can actually go ahead and just fill them out right now. You ready? Here they go. We're into test number 37, and here are the 10 questions for you on this fine test. There you go, guys. I mean, look at that. I mean, you've got them ahead of time. There they are. Ten of them. They're, 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 they're right there in front of you. Have you screenshotted that yet? Because i got to move on. Did you screenshot it? Thank you guys for being with me. Be there. Matthew 16, 26. 